this is really a good a chance to talk about the the subject of outrage porn because that's what that's what this is. This is just stoking outrage. There's no intellectual development going on here. No one is going to advance their smarts or their knowledge or their wisdom as a result of that. It's just going to get you either angry. You're either going to get angry dopamines or you're going to get happy dopamines. Or, or is one different? Is there dopamines and then there are, what's the other one that you get? Um, the, uh, the, the immediate high. Is that dopamine? It's dopamine and uh, there, I, I can, there's, there's, um, there's two brain chemicals that you get. In any event, contrast that with this. This is a sub-stack. Maggie, you ought to put your Cadiana seasoning shrimp stuffed baked potato recipe in the chat room. I'd eat it just because of the photograph. <laughs> the Cadiana seasoning shrimp stuffed baked potato recipe. So I would eat it just because of the picture because people like them pictures. Hell, i go buy whatever spices on it just because of the picture. This is Donald Jeffries at... DonaldJeffries.substack.com. No, we have nothing to fear but fear porn itself. Jump frights, propaganda, and continuous stress is the subtitle. It's funny that my uh, one of my buddies, one of my signal and on-air and off-air buddies, BKB, and I often find ourselves talking about outrage porn. Who are the pimps that sell outrage porn? I try not to sell it. I mean, we talk about stuff, but I try to delve into solutions, prayer, fasting. Our, our Lady's Immaculate Heart will triumph. You're not going to lose. Stop talking like, uh, stop. Everyone can, let Schaefer be Schaefer. Not everyone needs to be a Shafatotin. The most conspiratorial, cynical among us. That's not true. Uh, those people, or a lot of those people, I don't know if he feeds on it, but I'm sure at some level he does, feed upon this stuff that they served up in the movie Monsters, Inc., outrage porn. What were they selling in Monsters, Inc.? They were selling, what were the, where were the monsters going and bottling? They were bottling the fear of children. This was an adrenochrome flick. It was a reality. It was reality. It was a documentary. Basically, well, the people that guzzle the fear-tainted blood of children in human sacrifices aren't the only ones that get off on misery. Seems, and that's what Jeffrey's point is here, that most of us get off on misery and we're addicted to it as well. This is what I call outrage porn. You may not be addicted to actual porn, but you are addicted to outrage porn. Why? Because you've been conditioned your entire life to live outraged. You're not supposed to say, thank you, God, may I have another. You're not supposed to say, oh, okay, we're just going to offer it up. Oh, no, get angry about it. My mother was a wonderful person, uh, he uh, writes. She meant the world to me. She was comforting and nurturing and told me she loved me every day of my life. Multiple times, multiple times. But she had one flaw. 
She was beset by a collection of fears that knew no bounds. She worried incessantly and, and was scared of virtually everything. I know a lot of people like that. Uh, you're like that. <laughs> Maggie O'Connell said, I know a lot of people like that. Sometimes you're like that. There's a lot of people that are scared of a lot of things. They just are. St. Padre, go, if you're going to talk. Name, name one thing other than snakes that I am truly afraid of. Uh, bills. I'm not afraid of them. <laughs> I just don't like them. <laughs> like St. Padre Pio said. Padre Pio, Padre Pio, can you help me, Padre Pio? I'm always miserable, I'm always nervous, I'm always... Yes, my child. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is the battleground, or worry is the battleground of the demons versus the angels. I'm going to go act all philosophy of Padenesi and stuff for a moment. Worry is that component where we fret over the outcome of things... Because what happens in this corporeal world means more, uh, and the impact it has on this world uh, means more to us than what happens in eternity. If we viewed things with the eye towards, okay, well, how does this bear on salvation, mine and the person involved, then worry would give way to the theological virtue, I believe, of faith. Well, we have to have faith together uh, because we hope, we, we, through faith, we hope that we get to a blessed eternity. So why don't we change what we're doing here so that we have a better shot at the blessed eternity? Worry is that which says, well, what's this blessed eternity that you speak of? I only know what my bank account says. I only know what the inside of that jail looks like. I saw pictures of what Epstein's cell looked like. Worry is that fear that what the world can do to us is worse than what God can do to us for eternity. And God wouldn't really do, to, uh, do it to us. We, did, we, do, we would do it to ourselves by sinning and being condemned to hell. So worry is not in the canon, if you will, of the saints. And I don't mean the New Orleans, the New Orleans football saints. Worry is not in the canon of the saints. And St. Pio just so aptly put it, pray, hope, and don't worry. Pray, hope, and don't worry. But if we're constantly out there acting all Shafatotini and his gang of cynics, of cynics constantly looking at everything that could possibly be done to us with trepidation and fear that it might be done to us, and then what, what would we do? Well, I guess we'd have to suffer it. <gasps> no, not that. No, not that. Yes, that. Maybe some of us have earned suffering. Maybe suffering's God's way of going like, I'm going to give you a chance to work some of your purgatory off while you're on earth. Now, you're going to have to put up with a lot of BS, and you're going to have to keep praying and hoping and don't worry, but I'm going to give you a shot to work that off.
That's what I believe Donald Jeffries is writing about when he writes about fear porn. It's okay to have. No, no, no. If Brother Andre Marie is listening, he's probably going, Mike, 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 watch your pump. Tap your philosophy of Perinus brakes. Tap the brakes, bro. Let's talk about the cardinal virtue of prudence. Now, this is not me saying that we need to not be prudent. You absolutely need to be prudent. But does prudent have to, is prudence, here, brother, answer this. Is prudence driven by fear? Or is prudence driven by the reality of a series of outcomes? Well, which outcome do you want? <laughs> well, the outcome I want is that I'm not bankrupt tomorrow. Okay, well, then prudence would say that you probably should not buy that Corvette. You see, I'm a modern man because we we're not we don't take philosophy courses. No one talks to us from a philosophical point of view. No one. Name them. No one, save for a few priests. We're not even encouraged to think of philosophic ee and stuff. Why not? So this is not me saying that you don't be prudent. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think prudence is probably the cardinal of the cardinal virtues. Donald Jeffries, I try not to inherit her irrational, irrational set of fears. I ignored the medical book she checked out of the library, which listed all the symptoms of the most dreaded diseases. <laughs> I avoided becoming the kind of hyper, hypochondriac that my, my, my brother did. And regular readers of my work know that the, his hypochondria wound up literally killing him. How many people were killed during the corona doom because of their fear? Because they feared the outcome and did not trust, uh, did not trust in God, didn't trust in nature. And went, okay, Mammon is telling me I need five doses of this Franken-goo from Pfizer and that I can avoid any pain whatsoever, so I'm going to do it. A disordered fear of suffering led to the deaths of hundreds of millions or tens of millions. We'll never know. Uh, Jeffrey's, uh, Donald Jeffrey says, I've never slept normally in my life, and that was probably because she never did, his, his mother. And she told me too many stories of friends and relatives who went to sleep and never woke up. That has a frightening impact on a child. <laughs> it's probably the main reason I still struggle to get even four to five hours of sleep a night, and that is always broken up. I've slept, uh, I've slept uh, uh, through the night perhaps a handful of times in my entire life. As a small child, I lived through the Cuban Missile Crisis. I helped stock the shelves in our, in our ridiculous bomb shelter in the basement, which didn't even have a door. I heard the panic in the news, newscaster's voices as I walked by the television set. I knew both of my parents were frightened, and my father never seemed afraid of anything. Not, not knowing exactly what could happen if a nuclear bomb was dropped on us, I could only guess that it would be pretty awful and hope that our modest supply of food and water in the basement would allow us to survive. As a Catholic, I was also mortified over the prospect of the end of the world. The priest talked about that a lot in those days. When you're a little cheerins, you don't want life to end just yet. 
<laughs> but, but, I haven't even gotten to puberty. But, but, but. <laughs> I barely started living. I looked up at the sky way too often. Imagining one of the signs that the church assured me we would see when the second coming was imminent. I noticed something funny about the sun. Oh, no, it's, it's not yellow anymore. I tremble in an odd-looking sunset. Uh, that ain't right. That's way too much pink in that sunset. Call Schaefer. The end is near. I can rattle off a dozen and a half, two dozen names from the chat room. I'm just picking on you, Jeff. <laughs> You know, I love you, Schaefer. I wouldn't single you out. It's not just Schaefer. Schaefer's just, an, it's just like the embodiment of the cynic. He checks all the boxes. Is he in the chat room? All right. I need to send people to go to crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. You can go see for yourself. He takes it well, though. God, God bless you, Schaefer. <laughs> Continuing on. I love the one I've never seen a pink sunset like that one, Clark. I know that, Art, and thanks for noticing. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's not going to come up again tomorrow, so do what you're going to do tonight. My heart would skip a beat as a child when a mention was made on tele television about an asteroid <laughs> that was coming perilously close to the Earth. <laughs> Of course, these days, many people will stay awake and I go in like, oh, sweet meteor of death, take me. The announcer's ominous tone suggested that this time it might just be a possibility. Although they, uh, 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 they also usually curiously wore a smile as they reported it. I remember the date of the, uh, the potential asteroid impact and be particularly nervous all day. What would it feel like? <laughs> Living on the East Coast, would I be suddenly swept away by a giant tsunami? Again and again, my dreams sometimes included visions of, gi of a giant wave approaching the shore I was standing on. So I have plenty of fear inside, inside me already. I don't need a state-controlled media to stoke it. And I stopped watching television news after Tucker Carlson was fired. I hadn't watched it for many years before tuning him uh, into him every night, but I'm aware of the fear porn. It's always there, in the air like one of their uh, like one of their viruses, and far more real than COVID-19. The threat of World War III has subsided. Last year, especially, both the normies and many of the awake were on the edge of their seats every day, speculating that the bombs were going to start falling. I recall discussing this almost every week on Jeff Rents, my own I protest show, and on America Unplugged with Billy Ray Valentine and uh, Tony, uh, Tony uh, Archerburn. That's funny because you know who Billy Ray Valentine is? That's Eddie Murphy in Trading Places. Looking good, Lewis. Feeling good, Billy Ray. Billy Ray Valentine is a character from a Harold Ramis movie. Looking good, Lewis. Feeling good, Billy Ray. <laughs> How many of you are looking good or feeling good today? I'm looking really good and feeling really good. I'm really excited about our new Vonday.com. Go check that website out. Our, our big Catholic men's, French Catholic men's rally here in Louisiana. That's what we ought to be doing on Saturday. 
And by the way, I've already prepared. I don't ever do this. I usually wait to the. I am Frank. I am the Frank Frazetta of speech givers. I write day of. Sometimes I might start the day before, but generally I an ex Maggie. I am a computer pecker. I cannot type. So you know, I type at a blazing fifteen words a minute. But I wrote my MC introductory remarks to the New Vendée uh, rally, the rally for, for the New Vendée. Uh, Vive Nouvelle Louisiane. Tomorrow we shall cry. Uh, there's no petty fogging in it. There's no fear porn. People probably are going to be shocked. And I'm very excited about it, and I'm sure the, uh, Rusty and Don and the, uh, those of you that are listening out there, uh, uh, Thomas and all of you, I hope you're excited too. I think this is a big event, big day, no pressure or nothing. Michael Matt's going to come to town, Father Chet Paton. Ross will be there, and a lot of you. It's going to be, uh, uh, I think this is what we ought to be doing. You know what? The enemy is going to be scared. You know who's going to be nervous tomorrow? The enemy. The enemy's going to be going like, wait a minute, they're praying the rosary in French. They'll be like the Grinch. They're praying the rosary in French. They're praying the rosary in Latin. Piss off the enemy. Stop being scan uh, cynic. Cynic. Cynical. Put the enemy on the defensive for a change. Hey, demon. Her immaculate heart's going to triumph, bro. You should switch sides. Guardian Angel's right there, bro. You ought to ask him for a pass. I'm reading from Donald Jeffrey's Nothing to Fear But Fear Porn Itself essay on you know, Substack. <laughs> it's actually it's very cathartic here on the Mike Churchill on the Crusade Channel. Always on air, always online, crusadechannel.com. Want to do something for the crusade this weekend? Here, I'm going to give all of you that are listening right now, I'm going to give you a freebie. That if you're not a Founders Pass member, if you know someone that wants to join, all you got to do is, well, you know what? I don't have the URL to it. Well, come tomorrow, and I'm going to hand you a card that has a QR code on it. Take the QR code, scan it, and then use the coupon code VONDAY. You get one year free of the Founders Pass membership. One year free. Or you can go sign up at crusadechannel.com forward slash go right now. Or forward slash offer and do the same thing. You can make me an offer. What's a year's membership worth to you? And get yourself signed up today. Let's see here. Uh, it took me years to process it, but the asteroid never hits. The end of the world never comes. World War III, despite the best predictions of many in the alt-media world, doesn't look like it's coming either. But COVID did come, and no fire and brimstone preacher ever was as dire and dramatic as every single journalist and every political leader was in selling the greatest psyop in the history of the world. Overnight, the entire world seemed transformed into the kind of terrified Catholic preschooler I had been 60 years earlier. I'm sure I would have bought the COVID narrative hook, line, and sinker as a youngster. 
almost certainly would have developed almost certainly would have developed the disease. Would have been lucky to survive my own nervous impulses. In centuries past, human beings had a lot of things to legitimately fear. The slew of childhood maladies that took the lives of so many little boys and girls. Rare was a family that hadn't been ravaged by the tragic deaths of one or more of their offspring. Forgotten diseases like consumption, which was a leading killer of adults before cancer supplanted it. And by the by, how did cancer become the, like, disease, the big C. Where did it come from? I mean, there are instances in history where people had tumors. And we could say that there were cancers, but nothing like we have today. It's almost like we pride ourselves on he beat cancer. Well, you have to get it before you can beat it, don't you? How do so many people become afflicted with this malady? It almost seems to me like there must be something in the environment. Is it in the water or is it in the food? So the more that you can do to avoid the, uh, the two from tainted sources, it would seem to me would be healthy for you. But just kind of throwing that out there. And of course, cancer became uh, became perhaps the primary symbol of fear in America during the 20th century. It's still pretty powerful, what with our vaunted medical system having made so little progress in combating it, but it's taken a back seat to COVID, the virus that will not go away. By the way, there's a one there's a there's a you want you want to get into a conspiracy you want a story, I'll give you a story. Uh, we've been talking about Matthew Crawford all week long. Somebody who's uh, knows Crawford telling that I've been talking about him favorably. Uh, the, now, I read part of this this morning and I went, holy moly, dude, that is exactly what the Mike Church Show listeners heard throughout almost all of 2020. Here's the headline, the COVID as pneumonia hypothesis. How many of your hosts out there include, you know, the heroic Stewie Peters and Steve Bannon and the rest of the fear porn Addictors, how many of them ever bothered to go look themselves? The records in their state, or maybe even nationally, of ILI deaths prior to COVID. Here, I'll put the Jeopardy music on and I'll wait. I did. Well, who like looks that stuff up? Up, I did. We did entire hours of shows on this. I wrote the governor of this state a letter, and I, I pointed out to him, I'm like, your own Louisiana Department of Health, according to LDH statistics, there is nothing outside the realm of normal if ILI, influenza-like illness, is but a comorbidity. There's nothing to see here in the deaths in 2020. As a matter of fact, it's, 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 it's unimpressive. Now, throw the comorbidities in, and now you've got all manner of people supposedly dying of ILIs. Was that a primary or was it a secondary cause? And I was also telling people, like, look, just because you died of an ILI and you had a positive PCR test, which we know now doesn't work, does not mean that you died of this COVID thing. It is possible, probably, it's probable that you, that whoever it was that died, got good old-fashioned influenza A or B, which then turned into pneumonia. 
Now, unless they were killed by execution, by run death is near, or how they were treated in the hospital, prop, most of them probably succumbed to a very, maybe it was a new strain of influenza. But it ultimately turned into pneumonia. Their lungs filled up with water and they died. I'm not excusing it. I'm not celebrating. I'm just saying, to me, that's what the evidence always was saying. And when you, which is why the, 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 uh, there was a general moratorium on all autopsies. We didn't want anyone cutting anyone open and actually taking those lungs out and looking at the lungs to see what was in them. Had the cells become atrophied or whatever from the, the COVID virus, or were they just filled with water? Did the person drown, in other words? The same corrupt organs of our crumbling society are now prepping the huddled masses for round two of this incredible psyop. Yet another dangerous variant is said to be on the way. Forget all that Science about viruses coming in the fall and burning out in the heat. This vi uh, by the way, no virus would have survived the last 60 days in Louisiana. If you got COVID and you were in Louisiana, dude, you did not get COVID. You did not get a virus because it did not survive, uh, what, 20-some-odd days in southwest Louisiana of temperatures exceeding 100 degrees and no rain. It didn't. I don't know what you got, but it wasn't the flu. Because the flu can't survive in those conditions. Influenza A and influenza B and your precious COVID-19 virus, SARS-CoV-2, cannot survive above 81 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a fact, Jack. Look it up. If it feels like producing uh, another of its nonstop virus, uh, then it will do it. It's almost like they're going, like, it's produced another variant. Does it have a mind? You, you guys treat it like it's a person. And then COVID said, I will produce another variant. You will die. I mean, seriously. And there are people out there that are already going, hey, they're going to lock us down again. Well, if, they, if you let them lock you down, then that's on you, Elrod. Oh, but I have to keep my job. You know what? You've had two years to find another way to support that family outside of being that wage slave that could be that mask and vax slave. You haven't figured it out. That's on you, bro. So don't say they're going to lock us down because you're the willing. You're the sheep that's going to comply. You're the one that's going to lock people down. Nobody was going door to door in my neighborhood, banging on doors, going like, can I see your masks? No one that I knew in this area, was. did it happen in yours, was out riding around in armored personnel carriers enforcing mask mandates. As a matter of fact, in the few instances where there were altercations, it was usually citizen upon citizen trying to enforce a mask mandate. You better grow a set of nuts, Henry, and get ready for this. I agree with Trump's video yesterday. We will not comply. We're not going to go along with your mask mandates, Joe. Reading from the Substack essay about uh, we have nothing to fear but fear porn itself. 
Uh, doesn't matter what time of year it is or what the temperature is for these viruses. <laughs> has anyone else thought that? Well, wait a minute, it's August. The dancey's nerve. The uh, uh, it's climate. It's a climate change thing. You wouldn't understand. These things are all tied together. The dancing nurses prove that. They once danced for COVID. Now they're dancing for climate change. If only they could find some uh, some to dance for 9/11 truth or free speech for that matter. In the 1910s, our grandparents and great grandparents were taught to fear the dreaded Hun. And they already had the likes of diphtheria to contend with, which killed a couple of my toddler aunts and almost took the life of my father as a youngster. Then the Great Depression financially ruined people jumping out of windows, bread and soup lines, and the heroic FDR to the rescue, telling the trembling riffraff that they had nothing to fear but fear itself. But as they struggled with massive unemployment, Americans suddenly were inundated with fear porn about a failed German painter with a curious little mustache. Hitler became analogous to cancer in the minds of the now perpetually frightened U.S. populace. You know, I like how he's weaving his narrative. You guys are just chickens. You're scared. We find things to be terrified of. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Is this you? Am I describing you? The Pearl Harbor false flag pulled off without a hitch by the Hall of Fame deep state conspirator FDR and company added the dirty, added the dirty sneaky, rotten Japs to the foreign hobgoblin list. The only thing the great, greatest generation could do was to join in the European bloodbath. Those at home, the Rosie the Riveters and Air Wardens, planted their victory gardens and bought bonds. This was a good war, though. The best war ever! <laughs> a war so grand, how could anyone not love it? That's what the fear porn artist told the people. And the people then, as now, Always listen to the fear porn artists. Never question, just fear. Fear bigly, as Donald Trump would say. We're going to make fear great again. After we dropped the bomb on those dirty, sneaky, rotten Japs already defeated as they were, the fear porn, and, and by the way, they use fear porn to justify the dropping of the bomb. We had to drop the bomb. It would have cost a million and a half G.I.'s lives storming the beaches of somewhere in Japan. But the Japanese didn't have an army to speak of, and they certainly didn't have a way to make any freaking ammo. What, were they going to bring the samurai down onto the hills? Was Tom Cruise going to ride on horseback to the beaches? And was he, gonna, was he going to survive the volleys of carbines and M1 Garands? This was absolutely ridiculous. But people bought it. They still buy it today. They repeat it. We would have lost a million and a half men at the land invasion of Japan. Uh, can you explain to me why we had to land invade the Japs? Go ahead. I'll wait. Well, because they, they weren't going to surrender. They were surrounded. They were on an island. What were they going to do? But, 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 but. Stalin! Stalin said! And, and, and Roosevelt said! Oh, and Churchill smoked a cigar! I was like, we have nothing! 
What were the Japanese exactly going to do? Have we forgotten that Japan is a freaking island? The Chinese and the Russians had them surrounded on the west, and we had them surrounded on the east. Where were they going to go? <laughs> they didn't have any navy remaining. What were they going to do? Get this into your thick skulls out there, you people. The 33rd degree Mason Truman dropped that nuke on a developing missionary Catholic population in two Catholic enclaves in Japan, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. That's the fact, Jack. And then he continues. It seems as if we've been under the threat of some kind of cataclysmic event now for almost a century. <laughs> I certainly don't fall for any of their fear porn at, uh, at this point. Climate change, don't make me laugh. Sure, I once feared air and water pollution. I like to breathe and drink as much as anyone else. It was kind of scary to think we were making the water undrinkable. I didn't understand yet that they started poisoning the water supply with fluoride when I was very small. Thankfully, the new industries of bottled water and filtration systems filled the gap. Capitalism and the blessed marketplace at work. You want clean water? Pay up, bucko. There's no such thing as a free drink. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> as I sip my coffee made with filtered water. Now, it is out the tap, though. It is just, just filtered. I filtered it. Nothing wrong with a little filter. You fear, you fear the water, don't you? You know what? I'm going to go out. I'm going to do a tongue. I am going to go out on a tightrope strung between two very tall buildings in New Orleans. And I'm going to make water. I'm going to make coffee with unfiltered tap water next week. And I'm going to come in. And I'm going to play eerie, creepy music. I'm like, King, dude, why are you playing eerie, creepy music? Because I'm going to drop that any second now. That's tap water in that cup, bro. Could probably pour it on the floor and mop all the grime off of it, off with it. It'll just dissolve it. Because they're out to get me. 